The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's What's an engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out and save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk to a true innovator in the SEO space. Joining us is Marcus Tober, who is the founder and chief evangelist at Searchmetrics. Since founding the company 15 years ago, Marcus has guided Searchmetrics technology strategies and is also the driving force behind their data science organization. And today, Marcus and I are going to talk about the core web vital studies that he not only conducted, but has finally published. And this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Marcus Tober, founder and chief evangelist at Searchmetrics. Marcus, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Hey, hey, Ben. Uh, glad to be back. <laughs> it's great to have you back. I feel like we've talked a lot this year, and most of it was, hey, you're going to do this study around Core Web Vitals. All right, you've done some of the preliminary research. And months later, we're now in June. We finally get to talk about some of the work that you have published and it seems like the good news is that Google delayed the launch of Core Web Vitals, so this is still relevant. We still get to talk about it, have it be fresh and new and impactful. Let's just recap for everybody. Talk to us about what the study that you conducted was for anybody that didn't hear your first couple of interviews, and you know why did you conduct the study? When Google announced last in November that they want to bake in Core Web Vitals in what they call Page Experience Update, we were curious of, first, is there already an impact? potentially an impact of the core web vitals on their rankings. And second, we wanted to have like a zero measurement analysis because when they announce they have done the update, we can just do the same study again and then we can figure out what has changed. So that's that was the core idea of the study and we found a lot of interesting stuff. 
but I'm super happy to give you a couple, you know, key facts at a glance. If there, is there anything you like specific to know or should I just talk about some of the findings? Well, you know, the, the big takeaway from me, and, and I'll be honest, I've only skimmed the study. It is very comprehensive. I Looking back at it, I, I believe it's almost 100 pages. So, you know, I, being the talking head podcasting host that I am, I don't read anything. The takeaway for me at the headline was very few people or brands or websites are actually optimized up to Google standards according to core web vitals. So A, tell me about what you found and B, you know, why are people not meeting the standards that Google has set? I mean, it's <laughs> it's a good intriguing opener for the study, of course. I mean, the, the opener for us was that if you combine the three core web vitals and look at how many pages passed or how many pages failed, Combining all of them only uh, led to 4% of pages score a good rating for all these three core web vitals. I mean, if you look at core web vitals like separately, it looks a little bit different. Still, the majority of pages, they do not pass. But it was pretty interesting to see that most pages do not meet Google's recommendations. And specifically, it, the cumulative layout shift, this is where pages fail the most, where Google gives two scores like 0.1 to get a good rating and then 0.25 to get at least a rating that they call need improvement. And 96% of all pages were above 0.25. And this is where the 4% comes from because for the other core web vitals, if you look, for example, at uh, largest contentful paint, 52% of pages did not met Google's expectation of having a largest contentful paint less than 2,500 milliseconds, which is still a lot, right? It means a lot of pages are actually quite heavy. They're too slow, but it's quite interesting to see. Now, of course, I have a lot of examples and some other correlations because we didn't only look at Core Web Vitals, like these three metrics. We looked at all the PageSpeed Insights metrics, like total byte weight, if there's optimization potential, unused CSS, DOM size. And it's quite interesting because you can see the causation, you know, okay, there's a page that is actually super slow and from maybe a fast first contentful pane to a very slow time to interactive, something is in between. And then you find like they have large non-optimized images. They have a lot of unused JavaScript. They have a very large DOM size. And this is like what's causing it. And that, that was part of the study. And it, that's why it, it became almost 100 pages because we found so many uh, material and good examples and causations where pages really caused a lot of problems by themselves, you know, like code bloat and kind of like all these kinds of things. So just to recap, I guess the executive summary or, or the headline here is that 96% of the 2 million pages that you crawled for this study did not meet all three of the core web vitals, the key core web vital metrics, largest contentful paint, total blocking time, cumulative layout shift, but really Cumulative layout shift is the one where most domains or most websites are struggling, very close to 4%. That's really the main culprit. So about 50% of the brands are doing a pretty good job at largest contentful paint. And, you know, 40% are okay in total blocking time. Virtually no one is meeting Google standards for cumulative layout shift. So you mentioned that there were other metrics that you look at and some of the other conclusions that you have. Having done this study and, and you know put together this comprehensive review of all of the core web vitals and 
all the sort of site speed and page functionality metrics. What were some of the takeaways that you found that were a little surprising to you? I'm not surprised by anything anymore. I'm in SEO since 20 years. <laughs> I believe I've seen everything here. But what I really think what's useful for our audience is that if you look at some statistics, so for example, if you look at largest contentful paint, you see a very good positive correlation for largest contentful paint, which means all in all pages with a better ranking have a better largest contentful paint score. That doesn't mean they're always like below Google's recommendation, but it means in general, better ranking pages have a better LCP. And then I looked at the why. And for example, I found that the total byte weight, so the, the weight of the page, including scripts and images on average in the US is 3.8 megabytes for the rankings from position 11 to 20. So let's say Google page two. But on page one, the average is three megabytes, which makes the, uh, the Google page two pages 27% heavier than Google one uh, page one pages. I know that's a very generic kind of like analysis because maybe it's between position one and five, it's different than, than this. But if you look at the causation, I mean, you do have likely a lower largest contentful paint if your website is heavier because the client needs to like pull all these scripts and the assets and, and all these different very large files. And in the end, the largest contentful paint, what Google analyzes as the most important largest element on the page to, before it becomes interactive is, is caused by like a lot of bloat. And that's, that's one of the interesting findings. So uh, I guess my question for you to follow up there is, you know, is it causation or is it correlation? Are the pages that have more bloat that are heavier, are they also from companies that do, you know, not as good of a job creating their content? Or is it truly, well, the page weight is what is impacting you, keeping you, keeping websites on average from being a page one website? Yes. And something I'm not able to say yes or no, but the causation is visible when you look at how a website is loading, what is prioritized when it comes to which assets or resources were loaded first. And often pages are prioritizing and loading things like fonts, style sheets, maybe some other non-visible scripts. That means if you have, like for example, we found pages that have a CSS file of more than three megabytes because the CSS was just full of a lot of style sheets that were not used. I mean, maybe like from old times or like legacy and the developers just put more stuff in it. So it means when in the loading order, in the priority loading, the CSS is loaded first and it's super large, you immediately have uh, lower values. You have a lower first contentful paint and of course, in the end, a lower largest contentful paint because every asset or resource that needs to be loaded affects the other one. So that's the point. And in general, that's also a pretty interesting statistics uh, we generated out of data where sites, websites can save 1.8 seconds in loading time on average when they would just start optimizing their JavaScript, CSS, and images. That's also pretty interesting. It's on average of all the 2 million URLs, of course, but there's a lot of potential. And we also found that there's a pretty interesting and good positive correlation for 
websites that rank better that have optimized images. And from your own experience, I can imagine you know it. I mean, if you go to an Amazon, you know that often the images or product photos in Amazon are actually pretty blurry. They do not have the highest quality. They're not like 4K and you can zoom in and you see like every sharp detail. Amazon is actually really good in optimizing their page performance and they sacrifice a little bit of the quality of the photo to make the website load faster. And this is interesting because there's a good correlation of uh, better performing pages. They at least know better how to optimize their, their assets. Or if that's causation, Google ranks them better because they load faster and create a better user experience. That's something I can't tell you. That's Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Yeah, it's interesting to me you talk about, A, there's page bloat and a lot of the problems is with optimizing your images. Google is a great example of a company that doesn't have the greatest image quality, but obviously performs very well. There's also the notion of having YouTube, right? YouTube doesn't necessarily perform well in terms of site speed, the question is, what's the trade-off between having value, what Google sees as valuable content and having the highest performing page? Talk to me about what you saw from the impact of having some YouTube videos on the page. Yeah, there are two different things. First, if you implement YouTube videos on your own page, you're definitely running into some issues when you load everything in advance and when the videos even outside the viewport and you still load the stuff, uh, you definitely decrease the, the page speed of your website because the YouTube player in itself is almost 600 kilobytes. And this is just the, the, the JavaScript file, it's based JavaScript file. And then if you, if you have autoplay, that means the user comes to your site, you have to load all these scripts, including the more than half a megabyte YouTube um, JavaScript library. And if you have autoplay, then you have to start streaming, like the data stream, not the full video, but let's say the first 20 seconds. Then it starts with autoplay. And then often, then you have an ad server serving some pre-video ad. And this is slowing down the website. If you look at YouTube itself, which is super interesting, YouTube is incredibly slow. It's not good optimized. It's a Google-owned entity, but the total blocking time of all the 
YouTube URLs we measured is about two seconds. So 2000 milliseconds. I mean, seriously, Google's recommendation is 300 milliseconds. They have almost 10x of that, which is interesting. But as the user intent might be, I want to see a video and there Google is not really ranking many other video platforms. They prefer their own service. They're ranking YouTube no matter if it's fast or slow. Yeah. I think, you know, what I'm taking away from this is there's a balance here between optimizing for core web vitals, all of the page speed, page operation metrics that Google's put forward. Meeting their standards seems nearly impossible. Very few of the websites that you crawled are doing it, but it doesn't mean that you should specifically drop everything, cut all of the content out of your page just to make it more performance. So talk to me about the correlations you have with rankings and optimizing for core web vitals, which metrics should you actually be optimizing for? What should you be doing? And what are some of the things where, you know, you just have to beat your competition and don't necessarily need to meet Google standards? Yeah, normally I would say, okay, this is really something where it depends. But as Google has announced, they really want to bake the core web vitals into the page experience update because the core web vitals are measured based on this Chrome user experience project. That means Google is actually really aggregating real user data. That means how fast is a website really loading on some mobile phone or some laptop. So that means they, they take the average core web vital values they measure in their own browsers, take the 28-day average. So it means if you have one day where your website is slow, it doesn't matter because they take 28 days. And this is where, this is called field data, right? So Google is actually publishing this data and this data is then used to be baked into the page experience update. That means a lot of other things we get from page speed insights is like time to interactive or unused CSS, et cetera. This is not going to be used according to Google's definition of what's going to baked into the update. And if I look at the three core web vitals, I really think the largest content for paint is the most important one because this is really affecting the user experience a lot. So if it takes a long time until the first or the, the largest visible element on your pages is rendered, um, this is a real bad user experience. If you have like a CLS score that's maybe not 0.1 or 0.25, but it's still okay, I doubt that this is really going to be a big factor to get a worse ranking. But coming to this, I, I really have to explain one thing. And this is, that makes sense, right? Google said, okay, the core web vitals are important and they will have an impact and will be measured, but primarily in situations where it's a tiebreaker. So imagine you are an e-commerce store and you have products that other stores sell at the same time. So it's like, let's say commodity products. Your price is similar to other stores and your content is fine, but for the user, it doesn't matter if he buys at Target or Macy's or Walmart, it's very similar. So in situations like this, the Core Web Vitals be, become a major part because what Google calls tiebreaker is when most factors are equal, like same product, similar user experience, the Core Web Vitals will be the reason why one page gets favored or one page gets kind of like dropped slightly in rankings. So this is really interesting, especially in competitive markets. Yeah. When you think about Core Web Vitals as a tiebreaker, it helps put it into perspective of how you should be prioritizing it as opposed to just optimizing for Core Web Vitals first. I think the moral of the story here when we're thinking about the launch of Core Web Vitals is you shouldn't be re-examining your content and stripping down your pages to have less utility 
you should see what pages are ranking, look at where you're in a competitive environment and start tweaking the core web vitals for those experiences first because they are a tiebreaker. What's a little surprising to me, you know, I'm looking at the study and there's a, a chart here of correlation with core web vital metrics to top 20 rankings in the US. And so as I was asking you, hey, what are the core web vitals? What are the metrics that you need to think about optimizing for? Here, the biggest correlation between the rankings and core web vital metrics is total byte weight. Which makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Why? Because if your page is leaner and smaller, all the other metrics are affected. Because if it's small and lean, the first contentful paint and the largest contentful paint will be fast. You know, So the total byte weight is a pretty good example of why this is a positive correlation because this affects everything else. Yeah. You know, as we're looking through all of these metrics that have the closest correlation to being a top ranking, a lot of them are page weight, right? It's, it's total byte weight, responsive images, next gen images. And then you get down into cumulative layout shift and some of the other metrics about how sort of the page functions. So I think the takeaway here from talking to you and having talked a lot about core web vitals is, you know, it's still a site speed game. It's still how heavy is your site? How quickly can you load it? And then the functions after this, the loading, the cumulative layout shift, the largest contentful paint, like that all seems to be kind of secondary metrics. Am I thinking about this the right way? I mean, you, you think it about the right way in how you would approach the optimization of a page, but Google defines the core web vitals really only three metrics. The total byte weight is no core web vital metric. It's part of PageSpeed Insights. Right. The core web vitals are only three metrics. And this is what Google is using in the page experience update. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I guess what I'm saying is as a strategy to go optimize, knowing that core web vitals are coming, what should the priorities be knowing that brands are, hey, we're not going to meet Google standards, right? And we, in theory, just have to be better than our competition when there's a tie in these metrics to win the tiebreaker. But which one of these metrics or what's the strategy that we should be thinking about? Lower the weight of your page. It's a site speed game. Make your pages lighter and get them to start loading quicker. That's the elevator pitch exactly, yeah. All right. Hey, Marcus, before I let you go, any last takeaways, anything else that you want to mention related to your study? Yeah, I do believe that... Uh push from Google about this update really entitled a lot of SEOs and marketers in companies to get more, get a better voice in how pages should be optimized. So an interview of many companies showed that 60% of these companies optimized or tried to improve their core web vitals ahead of the update, which is good because faster websites and a better user experience is good for everyone, right? It's not just good for better rankings, it's good for everyone. So that's actually a pretty good thing. And it's pretty exciting that people now start working more on this because normally marketers, they put another third-party script and another one and another tracker and another thing here. So now they have to think about how they can kind of like make things a little bit more lean and faster, which is pretty cool. You know, I think that's the intent for Google all along is to try to move the internet to be a little bit faster, a little bit more efficient. And, you know, they're throwing their weight around to have, you know, us potentially strip down some things that don't need to be in websites to just make the general landscape a little bit more performant. Marcus, I appreciate you digging into the details, conducting the study and sharing the data with us. Last question for people that have the time and, and want to read the 96 pages of the study. It is very detailed, lots of images. It's not as long as you might think it would be. Where can they go find it? 
just go on searchmetrics.com and go to our knowledge base. We have a lot of stuff. I mean, the study is the first thing that's promoted, but there's a lot of other stuff you should definitely take a look at. The knowledge base at Searchmetrics. I think there's also a short link to go to searchmetrics.com slash CWV, Core Web Vitals. Searchmetrics.com slash CWV, and you can download the study from there. All right, Marcus, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks so much for taking the time to walk us through your study. All right, and goodbye, everybody. All right, and that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Marcus Tober, founder and chief evangelist at Searchmetrics. If you'd like to contact Marcus, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Marcus Tober, M-A-R-C-U-S-T-O-B-E-R, or you can visit his company's website, which is searchmetrics.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Music.